What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Cinema Royale. I am Travis Hobson of the Punch Drunk Critics, and that clip you just heard was from The Meg. This is the new prehistoric shark thriller starring Jason Statham. It's Jason Statham versus a prehistoric shark. How can you not want to see that? And apparently, you did want to see it because the movie kicked ass at the box office over the weekend. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about that uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, when we review the film, me and Matt Razak of Flixus.com, uh, we're going to talk about the Meg and whether or not it's something the rest of you should check out, those of you who didn't last weekend. Uh, also, after that, once we get rid of Matt, I'm going to make him stick around for a little while to talk about some other things. But once we get rid of him, I'll talk about uh, Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Uh, I can't let the week go by without talking about that. Um it's Spike Lee's first film in a couple of years. His first film since Chirac, which I thought was okay. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was him on the way to finding his voice again. Uh, I think Spike Lee went through a a period where, you know, um, he was trying to figure out where his place was. You know, he was always a, a director who was in step with times, at least early on in his career, had something about race and all sorts of different things. Um, and I think over the years, he kind of lost his way. Uh, and I thought Chirac was him on the verge of finding his voice again. And I think Black Klansman is him back in the groove. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about that later on. Um, and then, like I said, we're going to keep Matt around because there's a lot of stuff that I want to go over this week. There's some big stuff that happened. Uh, over the last few days. And the biggest, of course, has to do with the Academy Awards, uh, which have made some huge changes that are going to take place at next year's show. They aren't screwing around here, man. They've introduced a popular film category into the mix. And as you expect, everything just sort of blew up from there, man. I mean, 
that I've seen so many stupid think pieces on this on this whole I, on this whole uh, situation. That's crazy. But then again, you know me, I hate think pieces about movies that get on my nerves. Um, but we got to talk about it though because it's, it's huge, and we got to figure out whether or not this is a good thing or not. Uh, what this means for uh, the show in in general, but also superhero movies and blockbusters and what are we going to start seeing now? And I think that's going to be very, very interesting. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about what's going on with Star Trek four. looks like there could be uh, a couple of really big departures from that franchise. Uh, Ruby Rose is Batwoman. I want to talk about that, especially what happened to her over the the weekend. And those darn Idris Elba Bond rumors, it just won't go away, even though they should. Um, we're going to talk about that with Matt as well, but let me stop talking about the guy and actually bring him in so he can talk for himself. Matt Razak of Flixus.com. What's up, man? I'm good, man. How are you? How have you been? Oh, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Where are you at? Are you on the ground? Yeah, I'm, I'm hiding in a cave, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you now you're, you're, sounding, you're, sounding, you're sounding better now. Wherever you are, stay there. All right. Don't move. All okay, right, go. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to hear from you, man. Uh, I saw you last at at the Meg, so, uh, but we didn't really talk about it, which is good. I, I didn't want to because we were, we were talking about maybe doing a show. So, um, the Meg is exactly what I described it as earlier. It is Jason Statham versus a giant prehistoric shark. And, you know, summer movies and shark movies, like, go hand in hand. Like, the summer season shark movies, they tend to do well. Even 47 Meters Down did well last year, uh, and that was a pretty low-key affair. Um, I always think back to a movie like Open Water, you know, which uh, which is a movie that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh came out at just the right time and this does as well it made 141 million dollars at the box office so uh clearly you know i think we're going to start seeing even more shark movies or similar type movies uh during the summer based on the success of this one probably a meg sequel i would imagine yeah but uh i think so (laughs) yeah it is um and a deep sea diving team uh basically taking on a prehistoric uh a uh, shark, a megalodon that has risen up from the surface. They basically unleashed this, which uh, is how, which is how these <laughs> things did. <laughs> and uh, what I was surprised about with with this movie, I was surprised one that so many didn't seem to like it. At least so many critics didn't seem to like it. I was surprised by that, um, and I was surprised that it's not, it's not a straight up comedy like I thought it was going to be. Like I thought at first, that they would try to make it sort of like a piranha 3D type movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of silly and over the top, but it's not. It's actually pretty straightforward monster movie, and I actually think that's a good a good thing. Now, there are funny parts to it. You're the part in a clip where Rain Wilson's character is like, haven't you guys ever seen Shark Week? Well, yeah, it's a pretty common thing. You would think these, these brainiacs in this diving <laughs> team would know, hey, why don't we just track this thing? But there are silly parts like that also out there movie too but for the most part i think it plays it pretty straight and i like that i'm not saying it's necessarily scary um the shark is too visible for that but i i thought it was a good idea for them to play it straight and to have it be sort of you know, have the shark be really dangerous and not goofy uh but what did you think about about the meg 
Yeah, I mean, I had tons of fun. At, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think it's as as dumb as you wanted it to be, but it works. Yeah. And, and and part of that is because it it toes that line, and, and one of the reasons it does is because it it plays straight. But it toes that line between Jaws and Sharknado. Like it's not right. all out camp, and it's not this horror suspense shark movie masterpiece. But it's right in between those, and it works because it it knows it's dumb, but it it never fully, <laughs> you know, goes super dumb. Like, um, right. So I, no, I think I think Reed walking in on this thing. Right, yeah, you know, it just, it, it, and it, it's it's having fun, but it's also not being a not being a joke of itself. And you mentioned sort of, uh, um, oh, what's the actor? I'm totally blanking on his name, but the the millionaire, Rain uh, Wilson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was sort of the, I mean, he was almost the audience because. The, there were moments where he'd say a line and that would be exactly what I would be yelling at the screen if I yelled at movie screens. You yeah. know, like, so, like, there's always this little reminder that, yes, we know it's dumb, we're just having fun, come on, have have some fun with us. And I, I, you know, I guess I can understand how you can come out of that movie just being like, oh, that was so stupid and nothing worked, blah, blah. But I, I, I couldn't. I came out and I was like, that was, you know, everything fit together. I do wish it had gotten the R rating. I, I know there were yeah, the, yeah. both Statham and the director had sort of talked about that. But I thought they made it work within a PG-13. It's pretty gory for PG-13. A little bit. I mean, I, I, I see... I see the benefit of the way they did it. Obviously, the box office paid off uh, for them. Yeah. It, not not going with the R rating because it would have probably made a lot less without it. I mean, with, with the R rating, it would have made less. But um, I never, I never sat there being like, man, I wish this was, I wish this was more gory. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, I never got, I never got that impression. I never got that feeling. I was watching something where I was like, ah, oh, well, that scene was clearly cut for the PG thirteen. Like, I never got right. that feeling. You know, and sometimes when you watch a movie like that, where you, where you know they, where they did take those steps to go for the all all audience uh, rating, you know, you can sense it and you can see it when it happens. I didn't get that feeling this time. Um, they they seem to be they seem to do a pretty good job of of having the shark be brutal and terrorizing without being you know without it being you know egregious, you know. So I thought that was yeah, good. I thought I- it was good the way they did that. I honestly wouldn't have even like it wouldn't have even occurred to me that they were going that at one point they had an R-rated version if it hadn't come out you know if if the quotes from Statham and uh, Turtle Turt what's the Turtle Hill Turtle something Turtle not to be confused hadn't sort of come out not to be confused with yeah. puzzle director Mark Turtletop which I keep every time I write about. <laughs> Either one of them, I get their first up, mixed up. That thing I wrote a post a while back where I actually, actually wrote how, like a whole How thing can there be up. two? That's such a weird last name. How are there two directors? Yeah, <laughs> Successful directors. I think I that, the, that the puzzle director was the same guy who did National Treasure, and it's not. They're not the same guy at all. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, 
cast in this movie too, you know, besides Statham. Uh, you got Lee Bing Bing, who I really like a lot. Cliff Curtis, who I think is great in everything. Uh, Rain Wilson, we talked about before. Uh, it's, so it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, where it goes off the rails a little bit is when you're trying to make Jason Statham into a romantic lead. I mean, that just does not. I mean, it, it hadn't worked. It doesn't work at shark. all. It hadn't worked with the shark you did with Lee Bing Bing. <laughs> I thought. And, see, I th- and I thought he played with the little the daughter. I thought they worked yeah. together fine too. And like, yeah. and then so like you had this charming relationship between him because he does he plays like you know uh, gruff but loving really well, and that works for like a dad daughter sort of style relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So you had that one that worked like just so harshly juxtaposed against the romantic relationship, which didn't work. I mean. I don't know whose fault it was, but they were nothing between them worked. <laughs> no, nothing. They were trying to set something up like they were at odds, like in their like their approach to to a, a tracking and capturing the shark. But they really yeah. weren't. I mean, they were. <laughs> no, <laughs> there, wasn't, there really wasn't any tension there. If there was some tension there, then maybe we could be like, okay, well, there's some some, some sexual stuff going on here under the surface. But there really wasn't any of that. I mean, they were both pretty much on the same page. I mean, <laughs> just almost I, I, all their banter and like the, the, the shirt was everything. Like if, if it was like slightly twisted, could have been at from straight out of like the office, like that awkward yeah. sort of, you know, yeah. Oh God, is this really happening? Kind of thing. <laughs> he walks in on him and he's just come out of the shower. And it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, we get it. All right, movie. I understand. <laughs> Which I think, by the way, that Jason Statham is is has gone to the Dwayne Johnson school of working out. I mean, he's he's oh. really starting to pump up now, and it has to yeah. be because he starring with stick with Johnson in all these Fast and Furious movies now. Oh, he and they've got the they've, he's got the spinoff coming. So I mean, you don't want to look like nothing next to Dwayne Johnson. So. Right, which is I mean, I mean, compare Jason Statham in his cameo in in the first Fast and the Furious movie that he appeared in to the fast to the Jason Statham now. Jesus, it's like he put on, yeah. <laughs> he put on a oh, yeah. <laughs> and it hasn't been that long, but hey, clearly, you know, Dwayne Johnson's yeah. uh, spreading around his knowledge. But then again, <laughs> if you look at Dwayne Johnson in the rundown compared to now, it's like two totally different people. Oh, it's like, it's, yeah, or his, like, early <laughs> wrestling years, it's just, it doesn't even, oh, yeah. I mean, he's, oh, just, yeah. he's a wall of human right now, like, I don't, I, that doesn't, yeah. so, but I would, I, you know, I, I'm, I was sitting there when I was writing my review thinking of Skyscraper, which is another sort of, which has a lot in common with, with this, you know, it's part Chinese, definitely made for the China market, yep. but it's a big, dumb action movie with a big, dumb premise. But for me, Skyscraper didn't work at all. And mm-hmm. it was, I, you know, and I'm, I was thinking back, like, okay, I, I could level most of the same complaints at the Meg. So why did I have fun at this one and it just come out of Skyscraper? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. bored, basically. And I, you know, I got to the end and I think... I think it's because the Meg, like, hits its point. Like, you anticipate Jason Statham punching a shark in the face to be awesome, and then you see it, and it is. Whereas in something like Skyscraper, like, there's no mo- – there aren't those moments, uh, like, of bad movie greatness that come out where you get that, like, stupid thrill. And yeah. uh, the Meg p- pulls them off, whereas something like Skyscraper just didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that maybe there should be some sort of crossover between the Meg and Dwayne Johnson's film Rampage. <clears throat> yes, yeah. Have them both <laughs> taking on killer monsters, killer mutant monsters uh, at the same time. I think that would be perfect if they could somehow but, mix those. Together. <laughs> They're already teaming up. Jason can be the Aquaman of the Dwayne Johnson monster universe. <laughs> exactly. I mean, why not? I mean, imagine how much money that would make. They just change the Hobbs and Shaw script a little bit and have like the villains be like a giant werewolf and a giant. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the plotting of that movie is going to be so simple. That will be an easy switch. <laughs> Fast and furious. Crazier things have happened in that franchise that's than that. So I think it'd be perfectly I mean, okay. That's basic where they basically like to, they, if they, if they want to keep leveling up that franchise, that's basically where they have to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, those movies are like Dragon Ball now. They just have to keep leveling up and they just have to keep. Right. <laughs> to keep Over 9,000. Which is why when people started joking that they might go into space, it doesn't seem like that outlandish. Like, it's oh, like, no, not at all. <laughs> like, can't you Especially see... if they go and. <laughs> have you seen them being rocked in space to stop some terrorist outfit? And it's like, <laughs> I can, sadly. <laughs> Rock, not rocketed. They're going to drive a car off a ramp fast yes. enough to get into space. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be a rocket car, of course. You know, it, it'll car, be, yeah, secret, it'll, it'll secret be, U.S. military it'll, rocket car. <laughs> somehow, Vin Diesel's car will still get up there too, and he'll get a chance to drive. <laughs> he'll secretly strap it to the underside. <laughs> it'll be like one of those cheesy reveals. <laughs> yeah, we were joking. We were joking. Uh, well, at least I was joking during the Meg about about Ruby Rose because she's in the cast too, and uh, it's been kind mm-hmm. of a crazy, crazy week for her. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, it was funny. I was I was going through some of my old posts and I was like I was like looking at the posters for the movie and like the Chinese ones have all have Ruby Rose on them, and in fact she has her own posters for the Chinese version, and it's like she was just like a like a. <laughs> Like a tech person. I, like she didn't have that much. I know. She had like three, I didn't know she was that big in China. I love her. I mean, Ruby Rose is, I mean, she she does all these action sequels that have Chinese money in them. You know, like, like, uh, triple X. So she's, you know? Yeah. So, 
they 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 like her, and I'm 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 betting they're gonna want they'll, they'll probably want to see her Batwoman show, I guess. Uh, when that whenever that starts, I'm sure it'll be popular overseas too. But there's something about her, man. People like Ruby Rose uh, overseas. She hasn't done anything no. here, you know. But uh, now, I, it, well, now she's done the Meg, I guess. Now <laughs> kind she's of. done the Meg. Now she's yeah. done the Meg. She's, yep. <laughs> or yeah. the five lines she had in it. <laughs> it. It seemed like, and it seemed like they were trying, and I'm sure this was a conscious effort on their part too. But they seemed like when like when Statham's character first is introduced to her, they were trying to establish something between them because he's like, I like her. You seem like you're the only one right. here who knows what they're doing. And I was like, that came out of nowhere. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do that for anybody else. She didn't do anything right, special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she had funky hair. That makes her. <laughs> She's a rebel. <laughs> right. But I think that was, again, one of those conscious efforts on their part to, to highlight somebody who was popular in China. Mm-hmm. Which is her. Make her seem like she's important. And, it's like, and, and you know, and, and Skyscraper did that. You know, Skyscraper had a, had a, had a, at least half of it was a Chinese cast. And there right. was practically a whole subplot with the cops who were. You know, kind of just watching Johnson's character on the screen on the streets. That's all they were doing. But they tried to create like a whole subplot out of that, and it didn't feel like it made any sense in the rest of the movie. No, and it it, was completely detached. Yeah, completely detached. And it was because they were speaking to the Chinese market rather than trying to tell a story first. And it's like, (laughs) and I can see that becoming an issue. In some of these movies going down the line, you know, because that in that in Rampage, it was really like, come on, what is what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I think the Ming actually does a decent enough. I mean, leaving Ming and Jason, yeah, you know, weren't didn't have chemistry, but at least they were characters, and yeah, the, exactly. you know, there is these cast, but they. All are in ta- they all are part of the story, not just sort of yeah, shoved in sense. there. So, yeah, it makes sense. And the I, little I think, girl is definitely cute. The little girl is yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, movie. yeah. I don't know if she's a big Chinese little girl star, child star, or something, but she she definitely <laughs> pulls her weight. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally agree. Uh, so the Meg, I think, is something that we both recommend people go and check out. Uh, like I said, it made 141 million dollars over the weekend, which is really good. Way above expectations, uh, expectations for the movie. Uh, so people were obviously very interested in seeing this, and I think it'll probably do well uh, this upcoming week too. Even against uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which is probably gonna. Uh, I'm still curious about how that's gonna do. Um, yeah, I know it's got a popular. It's a popular bestseller, and people have been really excited about it because of the you know all Asian cast, and it's a uniquely Asian story. But uh, it doesn't always translate into big box office. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's actually a good movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't talk about it too much, but it, Crazy for Jason is actually pretty good. Um, uh, so we'll see how the Meg does against that next week. Um, all right. So Matt's going to stick around. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I'm going to pick his brain about some of the big news, uh, uh, this week, including, the big changes with the Oscars, the popular film category. I really want to hear what he has to say about that. So uh, we'll be right back, y'all.
before we get started, I want to thank everybody for uh, checking us out on Blog Talk Radio as part of Critical, the Movie Critics Network. You can find us there at blogtalkradio.com slash critical. And, of course, also on our Facebook page. So go and check us out there. All right. So Mac here with uh, Matt Razak of Flixes.com. We just finished talking about the Meg. And I want to get uh, his opinion on a few things that happened this week. Uh, hey, hey, Matt, have you heard about the, these changes that they made to the Oscars? I, it must be small because no one's been reading about it. What do you uh, – I, I, uh, I more people in the audience or something? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's it. They're going to start the show earlier, so it ends before midnight. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, no, the, the Oscars have introduced a popular achievement, of, uh, an achievement in popular film category. Uh, this is a category that obviously is going to run parallel to the best picture category. It'll, it'll be for whatever they decide are popular movies. Now, we don't have what kind of criteria that means. We can assume it means big blockbuster movies, superhero films, and things of that nature that don't normally make it into the best picture category. You can get an idea of what it probably means because Mark Wahlberg was happy about it. Uh, so that probably, so he's probably like, oh, yes, you know, mile 22 might win something next year. So he's probably like, <laughs> so that's, that's the kind of film that they're probably uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know probably not, but uh, but that's but that's exactly the kind of film that's will probably end up in that category. Um, now they also made some changes uh, to the way uh, awards are presented. Uh, some awards will not be televised; they'll be done during commercial breaks, and if there are any notable speeches, they'll they'll be uh, played in part during the sh- during the broadcast. Um, and I, I think the, you know while they didn't say the criteria for that either. I imagine it'll be mostly technical categories, short film categories, things that nobody gives a shit about. Um, you know, although they might randomize it, I guess the big categories are obviously going to be ca- going to be televised. Go ahead, Matt. See, my problem, my, my problem with that is the best speeches come from the people who like this is their only time they're ever going to be never going to be there right? again, and that's the short film folks. That's the you know. Take out, I don't know. Take out. Basically, costume uh, design or production. Yeah, design. costume. Take out like those ones. Yeah, yeah. Sound, sound design. Uh, short film. Keep in. I, you know, the sound design guys are usually okay, but nah. The short film guys and the short documentary guys who are like who like spent the last fifteen years getting ten minutes of film together. Like, mm-hmm. keep those. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, and I'd like to see some of those things stay. I think this change means nothing overall, and that the time yeah. that they that they su- supposedly gain by by putting these things during commercial breaks, they will fill with something else. They will just fill yeah. with with some with with another with another performance or some skit or some, some something that they'll, they'll let, they'll let Jimmy Kimmel bring in more people from outside the building to come in there and be surprised. You know, they'll, they'll do something dumb like that again, but the show is going to be as, as somebody, I, I host an Oscar night party at the Arlington cinema draft house every year. I have for years and look, I would love to not have a six hour night. Yeah, I would love for my night to be three hours. I would think that would be great. If I can get paid to say I'm out for half the time, awesome. But <laughs> I don't imagine it happening. I imagine it will still yeah. be after midnight when I go home 
<laughs> it's a live show. It will never ever be the amount of time it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know why I did that. But the popular film category is the big one that people are talking about. And and you know, and I, I find it interesting the timing on this, Matt. I find it interesting that the year when it looks like Black Panther should be making it into the best picture category, they come up with this this side piece category. That's like, yeah, <laughs> because you know, no, no, no movie that makes it into the popular film category will be put into the best picture category. That's a given. That's not going to happen. Uh, so, if Black Panther will not make it into the best picture category. It'll make it into the popular film category, and it'll probably win. You know, because people love that movie, and it, it, it and it's a critical favorite and a box office favorite. So, it'll probably win, but. Uh, it just seems like it's being given the booby prize. And I just find the timing of this very, very curious. I I think what, yeah, like the closest thing to relate it to is when they made uh, best animation category and mm-hmm. we yeah. haven't seen an animated film. Right. Hold on. Now I'm going to rack that up. Pretty sure. Yeah. Have we seen any best animated? Was Toy Story 3 nominated? Wasn't Toy Story 3 nominated for Best Animated Film? I don't know if it made it yeah. into the best. Into, right. So, like, uh, these, you know, they're not, that, that that would be the closest thing. And I, I'm pretty sure that there hasn't, since then, there hasn't been an animated film nominated for Best Picture. So that's what this does. Put, putting this separate category, I mean, that, that's what it does. It oh, no, separates it was out nominated. these movies. It was, it was nominated for Best Picture. Oh, it got okay. Both. Well, then I was wrong. Well, there, then in that case, but, um, but, but <laughs> that was, that was 2010. Wasn't that the year after they expanded it to 10? Wasn't that the yeah. first year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. Year? Or was that the second Batman year? Batman was not, I think that was the second year. Because it came after the, it, it was, it was basically in response to the, to the dark Knight not getting anything. Right. Right. It was basically in response right. to that. So I think it was like the year after, and that was 2008. So maybe it was 2009, the first year they expanded it to uh, to 10, the best picture category to 10, in order to get movies like The Dark Knight in there. And the first few years they did. I mean, right? I mean, Avatar was in there. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar yeah. was in there the first year. You know, a, a movie like The Blind Side, which ain't great, you know, but it was a hit, got in there. You know what I mean? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They, yeah. they, they, they let some of these popular films in there the first few years and then 
over the last few years, they've kind of stopped doing. You know, yeah. it's like it's just like let's put in more ladybirds. You know, let's, let's put in right. more yeah, it's basically, it's basically <laughs> ten independent films again, like and the big, yeah. the major the major drama release and whatever costume piece was the big hit of the year. Yeah. And by exactly. big hit, I mean you know made ten million dollars. <laughs> so, exactly. so it, what does this do? What 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 do you think this does now? I mean, do you, I, I mean. Are more pe- I don't feel like more people are going to turn tune in just because they are they're going to say the names of five blockbusters, right. you know. Like I that doesn't. I guess maybe if people turn in tune in to see the stars that are in those blockbusters, but but those people are there I, anyway. I I feel like the that's, issue that's, that's and, and they're, they're they're there right. anyway. Yeah, they get invited <laughs> anyway. So, and so I feel like the issue is not with the awards, but with the people voting for the awards who need a major shift in what they perceive to be quality movies, which, you know, doesn't mean you have to let in the biggest blockbuster if the biggest blockbuster isn't a the best directed movie. I'm <clears throat> sorry. Uh, but it's <laughs> like, this is not an issue solved by changing your awards. It's an issue solved by changing how the people who vote for your awards perceive film. Cause it's a mar- that has it's a marketing issue. It's a marketing issue yeah. because I mean, I mean, the, the way I look at this is the reason why they did this is because every year we get that same question. I know I get it every damn year. Uh, why don't they pick a movie that, that people have actually heard of? I haven't heard of any of these movies. And I hate getting those comments every year. And I'm like, the movies are out there. You just need to go find them. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, not yeah. it's not as if there's any shortage of people telling you, hey, go see this movie. It's like, you're sitting there talking to me right now. It's like, I guarantee you, if there's a great movie out there, I probably told you to go see it. It's like, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's, those things are everywhere. These are the same people who go to Rotten Tomatoes every day. If it wasn't the case, people wouldn't be complaining about Rotten Tomatoes having too much power. But they, those movies are there. <laughs> they're there. Right. They're, yeah. they're on the list. You can see them. <laughs> they're, at the top. they're at the top, you know, because they rank them by, by the right. percentage. Look at them right there. So it's not. It's just. It's a matter of marketing. You got to get these things. You got to get the movies out to people. And then, and it's you know, it's a reason. It's it's a it's a it's a marketing problem because. Half the time, these independent movies become blockbusters based on the fact that they're Oscar nominated. I mean, that's where right. most of them make their money. Like eighty percent of their money is after they get nominated. They get the Oscar buzz. Yeah, the Oscar on, buzz. on the re-releases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's like it doesn't... it's a matter of getting getting the word out about it. That's all it is. Yeah, I. It's it. It is. There are many issues leading into the fact into this, and none of them are solved by a new awards category. <laughs> that, that's what make, I'd say. I think. It just makes an unnecessary division. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's just it, people already have a certain perception of movies, and now this drives it home even more that superhero movies and, and blockbuster movies aren't the best movies. You know, right. and, and I, I don't think they need to be encouraging that perception. I don't think I, I don't think this category is going to be long in existence. Let's put it that way. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know when the well, last when time the was first producers get up there. 
I was going to say, when when the first producers get up there and look at the trophy for achievement in popular film and go, thanks, I, I guess, and then walk off the stage, like, it's, I mean, it's going to be crystal clear. Like, are people, are movie people even going to care about this award? I, I can't. I can't even see that. I mean, Hollywood seems already upset about it. I, I don't see someone winning this and being like, yeah, thanks for the, you know, thanks. kids table Oscar. <laughs> yeah. And can we be honest about something else? Disney's probably going to take this award every goddamn year. Can we just well, be honest? Well, that? They, they <laughs> release half the blockbusters. I mean, <laughs> yes, they do. So this, I, this will be the unofficial Disney award. They might as well make it a golden yeah. mouse. You know? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I just don't, I just don't get it, man. And as somebody who was a voter on the Critics Choice Awards, where we have like best action movie and best action right. hero part of our category, trust me, it does not do anything for your ratings. Okay, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no one cares. No one shows up for those. Nobody shows up for now, that. So as as a voter there, like so you you vote on different genres. Does that make you preclude? Like I personally, in in, in terms of your personal experience, does that make you preclude uh, those films in some way from like best movie of the year? Best picture. You know what? I think yeah. I probably do it unconsciously. Like I don't even realize that I do it. Mm, I think right, I, probably, right. I, I think I probably do do that. Um, I, I haven't gone back and, and really thought about my votes, but I'm willing to bet that most of the time I don't put those movies in there because they're separated, you know, uh, right. I, unless it's like a, like it's a, a really unique situation. Like I probably put rogue one, like in the best picture category like that year, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. Everything. Yeah. But, um, but if I think for the most part, yeah, I, I probably do leave them out and I bet the majority of voters do too. You know, I mean, huh. it's just, it's even if you don't think about it, the 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 division is clear. So I don't know. Um, that I, I'm very interested in seeing how these this plays out when when the awards come around. Uh, I think the first couple of years you'll see people pretend to be excited, and then there'll be like some there'll be somebody like James Cameron that wins something, and he'll 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 be like, Oh my god. Can you imagine James Cameron getting out there and just tearing the award apart? Exactly. That will happen. Oh my god! So I I was dreading seeing Avatar two, but now I I need it. I need it so badly. <laughs> and I thought about him because Avatar is sitting right here, like in front of me, like a picture of it. Because I was looking it up on the date that it won, or the date that it was nominated. So like James Cameron's picture is like right there in front of me. Yeah. Like James Cameron to win, it'll be disaster <laughs> well he is he's the director who would do it i mean <laughs> without a doubt he would tear that thing down so bad that it wouldn't they wouldn't even yeah. bring it back uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. all right let's, let's let's move on to something else here um so we talked about ruby rose earlier ruby rose has been uh She's been named to play Batwoman in the upcoming uh, CW series. She's going to debut in the annual CW Arrowverse crossover. Um, and this is a big deal. The, the character she's playing, Kate Kane, is LGBTQ. So is Ruby Rose. Um, I don't know much about this Batwoman otherwise. I've only read a couple of comics with her. Um, I've kind of 
gotten over the CW <laughs> shows a little bit. Uh, maybe it's because they've been away for a few months on break. But um, this is a pretty big deal, and uh, and you know she's taking some heat over you know over the weekend she deleted her Twitter account and uh, I think black comments on her Instagram because people were attacking her, um, attacking her for uh, a number of different reasons. But I thought it was ironic and you know that she's kind of being attacked by the LGBTQ community um, who don't think she's LGBTQ enough for the role, which is you know I guess. A refreshing twist on the racist trolls, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's still odd. And uh, and I wanted to get your opinion on it if you if you'd heard about any of this and what's your thoughts on Ruby Rose being cast as Batwoman. Yeah, I mean, I just rolled. I didn't even dig in dig into it. Like I literally saw the article, a headline, read the article, and was like, nope, no, I'm not. That's not even. I can't believe this is happening. Like she, you know, the initial reaction by everyone was how perfect the casting is. And it's really great casting. And I think, casting. I think she's going to do fantastic on the, the CW shows. And I, I hope she gets her own. I mean, that seems like a foregone conclusion, but I, I'm for, you know, the, the Batwoman show is amazing, but I, I couldn't, like, I didn't even, you know, sometimes I, I'll click through and I, they have the tweets listed on the article or something. I'll click through and sort of dig a little deeper for that. I was just like, no, I do not need this. I don't, it, it, that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Like how, it, it, I, I guess she was, people were yelling at her because she hadn't come out when she had already come out, just not to the she, world she, on a she described herself like, as gender fluid for a long time and I think people, I think some yeah. of them were upset by that which is like come on man right you know what if she is gender fluid I, right like <laughs> that's exactly you want right that's what you want a, you know yeah. the, your entire argument is that we can all be who we want to be and here's someone being who she wants to be and you're yelling at her yeah, exactly. So exactly, I don't, I don't I, understand. Yeah. I don't understand it, and I, I just, I hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting sick of these stories about you know all the toxic fandom out there. I just thought it was interesting the angle some of the people were coming at on this one, and some of them are coming at her because they don't think she's a good actress. And okay, you want to make that case, fine. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't say she's a bad actress because she's only had limited opportunities to be a dramatic actress on Orange is the New Black is really the only thing I can think of. Everything else has been some sort of action role. And I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that this show will ask her to be more of an action star than anything else. But but it's just, uh, you know, I, if you want to make that case, she's not a, a good actress, fine. But attacking her for who she is, attacking her personally for it too, because it was, she, she, she posted a pretty long Twitter message before she deleted the account. And, and uh, attacking her personally for who she is as a person seems to be counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, yeah. It, I don't see how that improves anything. I, yeah, I have, and I, you know, I don't know where the, who these, who or where these people are. Like I, it, no one I know is acting like this. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I've heard I've heard none of this, none of this from people, so I don't know. And I, I I posted that I'm not so sure that any of these people making these comments are legitimately part of the LGBTQ community. They might be people just looking to stir shit up, you know. And that wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Right? Yeah. 
like I feel most of the people who do these things are just people looking to stir things up uh, because they know it's effective and they know it gets headlines and in some cases it changes entire franchises, you know. So they do it. And right. It's just crazy. Yeah. So, and we but we've empowered them to do it, so you know what can you do? Um. Uh, the Idris Elba as James Bond rumors surfaced again, Matt, and I'm tired of them at this point. It's been like ten years of, of Idris Elba, James Bond rumors, and this one, this one was the worst though. This one was, I, I, I read about these about about this stuff over the weekend, and I was like, and I didn't post it because I was like, well, the original story was in the Daily Star, which is like a, a site that nobody would trust to break movie news. So I was like, okay, right. I'm just, just going to skip it. And, you know, after reading the article, I was like, well, there's nothing here. (laughs) I was like, there's nothing here. This is Antoine Fuqua talking about, you know, he mentions Idris Elba just in passing, but it's like he's not saying anything about about him being up for the role at all. And I was like, so okay, so I'll just let it go. And then I woke up next morning and went online, and there was all these articles that he was the front runner to be James Bond again. And I was like, this can't be based off what I read last night. <laughs> and it was. I, they, they haven't even started shooting the next Bond. You think the producers are... are I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm... He's too old. You cannot launch a new cycle of Bond with... Like, it's just not... It, it, he, I mean, he looks young, and people... Look way younger now, but like you want to get five movies out of an actor, six maybe right. for for the yeah. next rotation. He's gonna be ancient by then, like Roger Moore ancient. It's not, it's you know, I I wish I I love Craig. I think Craig. I I, I think Daniel Craig's a great James Bond. But uh, yeah. you know, if if it was gonna happen for Elba, it would it needed to happen when Craig was initially cast. Like he, that's when he was in the right age. Like, they should have uh, shut everybody up and had Elba play a villain in a Bond movie. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh, man, that would be so good. That would have shut yeah. everybody up. You would have got to see Idris Elba in a Bond movie, and that would have been it. And then they, people could turn their attention to trying to find who uh, the next black person to be Bond would be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm tired of hearing Idris Elba's name attached to 007. And apparently he is too, because he tweeted something about, you know, don't believe the hype. You know, I mean, he's not ever going to play James Bond. I don't, he might, yeah, play, and, a, and, he might even, play a Bond-ish character in a movie someday. But uh, right. no, he's not going to be James Bond. And who knows? They may... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They may pick a black, a black actor to be James Bond somewhere down the line. I don't think it'll be the next Bond. I, I You know, I, I, I yeah. think it'll be yeah. it'll be somewhere in the future. Maybe after these producers on Bond are, are dead and gone. I think it'll have to be after the broccolis. Yeah, right. I think I think that'll have to be it. Yeah, Barbara Broccoli does not strike me as somebody who wants to do that. She's kind of a traditionalist. I just don't see it happening. Right. 
Uh, and frankly, yeah. I don't care. I don't care if there's ever a black James Bond. Is, is, speaking as a black person, I don't give a damn if there's ever a black James Bond. I don't need a black James Bond. You know, I'd rather they create a new franchise for a black secret agent. That would be great. That's what I would like to see. Make Give me a good one. But I don't need for James Bond to be black. He's a white guy. Fine. I don't care. I don't need James Careful, Bond. Careful, Travis. You're about to become the mouthpiece of a bunch of alt-right websites. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need James Bond to be. A, I don't need James Bond to be a woman sometime in the future. I don't need James Bond to be anything but James Bond. I need him to make good movies. Yeah. That's all I need them to do. Yeah. Uh, that's I, enjoy I, them. I mean, there's, there's some staples that need to that's be in there, but like, yeah. I want. I want. I want a good uh, spy franchise for a black actor. I want a good spy franchise for a woman. I think those would be fantastic to have, and uh, at least they're taking steps to try and do those things. We haven't found them yet, but at least they're trying. And but yeah. I don't need it to be. James, I don't need it to be James Bond. That's all. So uh, yeah. I'm. I'm just sick of those. I'm just sick of the Elba and 007 stuff. I just wish it would go away. And it, I always feel like the people who write about these things don't really know shit about movies. They just think that idea of of Elba as Bond sounds cool, and so they write about it. That's the way I feel. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, every time it comes, it's, it's a click headline off of some like half, some quote from some director tangently related mm-hmm. to something, and you're just and you're like, no, that no, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you could have basically write that story off your buddy like drunkenly saying you want to use your Elba to be Bond in a pub, like that's the, like yeah. that's. That's where it is. Like that's the level of confirmation on anything there. It's crazy. And the last story, um, this is potentially huge. Uh, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth could be leaving Star Trek for, um, as you know, it looks like talks with them, uh, contract talks with them have broken down. This would be big because Star Trek Four. This is not the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie, which I content will never ever see the light of day it'll never <laughs> uh, this is the one that'll be a reading. yeah exactly there'll be a table read that joint <laughs> Zoe Bell as as Yuhura yeah. or something but, there, but it'll never happen it'll never, it'll be um, but the but the tossing them broken down and this is a big deal um because the store was really supposed to be centered on their characters um Obviously, Chris Pine is, is Captain Kirk, but Chris Hemsworth was in the original 2009 film, in fact, before, back before we knew who Chris Hemsworth was, uh, and he played Kirk's father uh, in the opening sequence. It's a great sequence, actually. I still think it's the best sequence of the whole franchise, is that opening sequence of the first movie, which I think is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, and that, that sequence really set Hemsworth on his path going forward. It was how good he was in that scene that really jump-started his career from that point on. Um, but it was supposed to be a story, that w- a time travel-esque story, in which they would have been reunited somehow. So if they're gone, they got that, that throws everything out of whack. Uh, they basically got to start over from scratch uh, if that happens. Um, so we yeah. don't know what's going to happen from there, but uh, what are your thoughts on this, and what do you want to see happen? But, hey, I, I, I'm a fan of Pine as as Picard as Kirk, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to I don't want to see him go. I think he's done. I think all the recasts he was he's probably nailed. You know, turned the role into his own thing the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't see how they can 
they, I don't think they can make an, another Star Trek movie without yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Hemsworth, Hemsworth, they can recast. That's, you know, if Hemsworth walks away, yeah. they, you know, he, yes, he was great in those 10 minutes, but it was 10 minutes. And uh, yeah. they can they can recast him pretty easily. Just, you know, make him a little younger or something or whatever. Just, you know, cast another Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah there's, exactly. there's plenty of them. <laughs> they look the same. They can cast one of the other Hemsworth boys. Cast Luke Hemsworth or Lee. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> there's, there's brothers and, and Chris's galore. You can do this. Yeah. Pine, however, I think I think the fran- he's he's in a spot where the franchise uh, rests on him. You know, um, I you probably maybe you could you could recast Zachary Quinto and 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 a few of the other but I don't know if you can ditch Pine now I think they need I'm to go back to him so and sure. say I'm actually not so sure you can recast any of them because the ensemble is really the thing that draws people to that's true movies. yeah I don't, I don't and they work so well together they work so well and the, and the thing is though the reason why the contract talks are broken down is because these movies don't make that much money I mean, in terms of like right. big franchises, they don't make that much. I think the most yeah. was, was uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, and that was maybe about four hundred million dollars worldwide. You know, right. and that's yeah. it's not yeah. in terms of a big franchise, it's not that much. But Star Trek is always and forever going to be a niche. I mean, it's not right. it's not Star, it's not Star Wars. It never will be, no matter how hard they try to make it look like Star Wars, which is what this franchise tried to do. It's never going to be that. You're always going to get Star Trek fans who are into it, and I think you probably got a few. You know, you probably got a few more with this with this version of it um, because it is more action oriented than it is sci fi based. But it's never going to be huge, and I think this is about as as big as it's going to get where it is now. Um, yeah. So, if, but if you lose Pine, it goes nowhere. Like it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Well, I don't think I- they can move forward at all if he doesn't sign. Right. Give, give him the money and scale back your your action budget. I, you know, because I, I, you're absolutely right. I don't think Star, Star Trek's not going to be that Star Wars franchise. You are not going to dominate the Earth on it, but it will bring in you. It will bring money in. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to bring in all the money in. It's not going to blow away weekend box offices. But if you do a good story. With this cast, you'll get you'll get an audience in the theater, especially if it lands good reviews. Exactly. So, all you, you know, go back to your. All you really needed to do is to make the fans of Star Trek excited in order to buy other Star Trek related things, because Star Trek is right. a is a franchise that is built on on uh, merchandising as well as anything else. So that's really all you need to do. <laughs> they can save a few million if they don't blow up the freaking Enterprise this time. Like I know, just I one. Really want a movie that stays afloat. Wait, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe the away team actually goes down to the planet without crashing the entire ship. That's an entire action <laughs> sequence you don't need. The, te- the budget for teleporting people way less than blowing up the Enterprise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, absolutely right. All right, man. Well, this has been great. We are running low on time, and I've got a review of Black Klansman to do. So, uh, everybody, go and check out Matt Razak over at Flixus.com. You're still writing over there, aren't you? Yep. 
Did you write? Did you write your review of the Meg? Did you write that as well? I did. It, it, it is up there. You can check it out. Uh, along with what else do we have? Oh, we uh, one of the uh, one of my fellow writers saw Slenderman because uh, I don't know he hates himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we've got a review for that up now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John John went out and did Slenderman because there was no way I was going to uh, go see it. So yeah. John, John dispatched think- to go. See Took one for the team. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had to. Nobody wanted to take one for the team to see Dog Days, though, which is hilarious. Oh, well, (laughs) oh, man. Sorry. I'm taking all your time. The box office on that is just awful. It's it's really, really bad. (laughs) It it didn't even crack the top ten. I I like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Go check out madassflixus.com. Matt, this has been great. I appreciate you coming on, man. Cool. Yep. Uh, Fine. And I'll do it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely do it again soon, man. I'll see you at a screening soon. Cool. All right. Later. All right. That is Matt Razak of Flixus.com. All right. So we are running low on time here. We got five minutes left. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip from Black Klansman, and then I'm going to give you a brief review of Spike Lee's new film. I didn't want to say you were trapped, but that pecker would have had a gun in my face. And he was an ass hair away from pulling the trigger. And he didn't. But he could have. And then I would have been dead. For what? Stopping some jerk-offs from playing dress-up? Flip, it's intel. Well, I'm not risking my life to prevent some redneck from lighting a couple sticks on fire. This is the job. What's your problem? That's my problem. For you, it's a crusade. For me, it's a job. It's not personal, nor should it be. Why haven't you bought into this? Why should I? Because you're Jewish, brother. The so-called chosen people. You've been passing for a wasp. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, cherry pie hot dog white boy. Mm. That's what some light-skinned black folks do. They pass for white. Doesn't that hatred you've been hearing the Klan say, doesn't that piss you off? Of course it does. Then why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game, brother? Rookie, that's my fucking business. It's our business. I'm going to get you your membership card. So you can go to the cross burning and get in okay. deeper with these guys. Right, partner? That's such a great scene from Spike Lee's new film, Black Klansman, which is out in theaters now. Did really well at the box office this weekend, too. Uh, looks like it's going to be uh, what's already <laughs> one of Spike Lee's biggest hits, his biggest film since Inside Man in 2006. Uh, yeah, so it's been a long time. And that's such a great scene because it, it deals with racial identity and the very idea of passing. And you hear John David Washington's character talking to Adam Driver. Um, Adam Driver's character is Jewish, and he's just not invested in the idea of infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan and exposing them for who they are and stopping their plot, which is a, which is not only dangerous but obviously racist. Um, and he's acting as if it doesn't affect him when it clearly does uh, this is a surprising film from Spike Lee, and I think people are going to be uh, a little taken aback by the approach he takes to it because you know it's an, it's an, it's an incredible true story of you know Ron Stallworth, first black cop at Colorado Springs Police Department, uh, who goes undercover in the KKK along with the help of his partner Flip, as you heard just heard in that clip. Um, so it's a, it's a it's an interesting subject, a crazy plot, uh, and Spike kind of plays it like. 
of 1970s black exploitation comedy rather than just a straight up uh, a straight up crime movie or even a straight up exploration of race in America. Now, while that stuff is you know a little bit of a of a twist on what we'd expect from Spike. Certain aspects of it are pure Spike Lee, and they're powerful. They're very effective. He bookends the film with 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 uh, with intense images, you know, and it's one of Spike Lee's greatest gifts: his ability to use imagery to uh, to hit us right in our heart. And you know, he opens the film with scenes from Gone with the Wind, you know, a, a great film, a movie that we consider a classic, but is but is deeply racist as well. And he and he ends the film with scenes from. Uh, Charlottesville and Black Lives Matter and the death of Heather Heyer in Charlottesville and of course the words of our president Donald Trump, uh, another racist. Uh, and he's making the, the he's making the, the correlation between then and now and how commonplace racism has become. And I think that's one of the key points of the movie as well. You know, we got race playing David Duke and David Duke's his, his the the way he he expresses racism is just so it's so banal. It's just sort of like yeah, you know. You know, it's such, it's just it's like nothing to him, and it's and Spike is making a case that hey man, this racism has been with us for a long time, and it's just sort of become part of the fabric, and that is disturbing as is disturbing as hell. But Black Klansman uh, also has moments of lightness, um, and it, it is very funny. It's also it's also kind of violent, uh, but it's worth checking out. Uh, Black Klansman is Spike Lee's most powerful and impassioned film in years, and I think people should go and check it out. All right, we are running out of time, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Cinema Royale. Uh, I want to thank Nat Razek of Sixes.com for joining me to talk about the Meg. Uh, we've talked about a lot of other stuff, so tune into the show, and we'll keep listening to the show if you haven't already. Uh, go back and listen to it again. Yeah, go back and listen to it again, because this was a good show. Uh, I'm Travis Hobson of the Punch Drunk Critics. You can find me every day there at PunchDrunkCritics.com. Uh, you can find me on WBAL Morning News and WEPA Around Town and lots of other places. I'm busy. All right, I'll see you next week, guys.